Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Millennial Catholic. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Miller, and with me this week is Freddie, our seminarian for the summer. How are you doing this week, Freddie? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, so all right, before we get started, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsors, Glory and Shine. Uh, they work uh, with products for yourself to help not only your body, but your spiritual self also be uplifted as well. Uh, if you use the promo code, code MCPOD10 at checkout, you'll get 10% off your entire purchase. That's gloryandshine.com, MCPOD10 at checkout. So, Freddie, why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself, and uh, let's get started, shall we? Okay, very well. So, name's Freddie, Freddie Calderon. I'm uh, 27 years old. Um, I'm a seminarian for the Archdiocese of Washington. I've been in formation since 2013, so that's basically six years now. Um, my family lives in Laurel, Maryland. Uh, my home parish is St. Catherine Labouré in Wheaton. And uh, so my family and I were originally from El Salvador, and then we moved here a little over 10 years ago, more or less. Um, yeah, I have a brother. He's younger than me. And uh, my mom and dad, and yeah, ah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm part of the communities of the Neocatechumenal Way in the parish of St. Catherine Labouré, so that's kind of like where my vocation comes from. So, so what is what is that? What, like, is it like an is it an order? Is it a what what exactly is it? Yeah. So, in a in a nutshell, what it is is a it's a group within the parishes. You know, mm -hmm. so it's you know just another group in so the it's parishes. Like a group type of or yeah, like, so yeah. Or it like, belongs to yeah. the parishes. You know, and then. Uh, it is it is um, an itinerary of, of of faith formation, you know. So it's uh, a rediscovery of baptism, you know. When you're baptized, you know. Mm -hmm. Now we're baptized as children, as children in the early church. We're baptized as you know adults, you know. And uh, so before baptism, there was a period of about three years. They were called the catechumenate, you know. Yes, yeah. in the early church. Um, but then once they began baptizing children, you know, that was kind of lost. And also um, when all the when a lot of people came into the church during the uh, Constantine's, you know, uh, reign as emperor, there was no time to do the catechumenate anymore because there was a lot of people coming into the church. Mm -hmm. So that was lost. So now we're baptized, and many times we're not really aware of, you know, the grace that we receive at baptism. So you have a lot of people that are baptized, but, you know, they're Christian just because they were baptized, but then... They, they, don't just, know, they don't know why. They, they don't, don't know why. They don't know what it means. Exactly. So the neo catechumenal way is a like a new catechumenate. You know, mm -hmm. it's a it's a post baptismal catechumenate in which people, you know, we rediscover the grace that we received at baptism. Um, through it's basically like an like an RCIA, like an adaptation of the RCIA. Except for you're already there. It's exactly. Just, yeah. So it's just more of it's kind of like another religious education class. That way, you kind of understand a little bit deeper and the more of the the adult understanding yes, sort of you know yeah i mean what we what we do is you know we we, uh, we form communities we call them mm -hmm. communities and they're you know there's priests there's seminarians there's you know young people old people married people you know and, and we'll get together a couple times a week to listen to the word of god you know to celebrate the eucharist on saturday nights you know we do the vigil of sundays and once a week we have what we call a, a convivence it's a retreat you know mm -hmm. on sundays just in which we share how we're doing and how the community is helping us so it's we're formed by listening to the word of god you know so there's no one giving a lesson or anything but just you know 
It so, is the word of God. So they helped you realize your vocation. Yeah. How did you start discerning that you wanted to go into the seminary? Okay, so that's uh, the first time I... Uh, so I grew up outside the church, you know. Mm-hmm. I was baptized when I was a child, but uh, my parents never really went to church. We would go to church once a, once a year, you know, maybe <laughs> on a lucky year, on a good year. And uh, uh, so... Never really went to church and grew you know, I didn't know much about religion or anything, you know, I did all my sacraments, but that was it. Um when I was twelve, my parents were invited, you know, to to the to do the initial catechesis to to, to enter a community of the New York Catechumenal Way. Mm-hmm. And uh and that's when they began going. Fair as my mom, she was the first one to go. And my dad didn't want to go. He didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then but my mom said, I'm going and I'm taking my kids with me. So she went and then eventually my dad followed. Um, so then, you know, once they began, you know, it was really good. God helped them to take it seriously. And um, we went from not going to church at all to going to church, you know. All the time. All the time, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, well, what are we doing at a mass? You know, this is like an hour, an hour and a half. What are you guys doing? This is crazy, <laughs> you know. And I really didn't like it. Um, but that's how it began, you know. I entered the church when I was 12, you know, because that's, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so it was there, you know, I remember I was 12, maybe even 13. And I was, we were celebrating the Eucharist in my parents' parish. And uh, the priest was singing the Eucharistic prayer, you know. And then there was just something, you know, when he was singing, something just touched me, you know. And... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I went home that day and I told my mom, Mom, I, I think I want to be a priest. And then my mom was like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah what, exactly what every parent does. Like, yeah. you know, I want to be an astronaut. Oh, oh that's great, great honey. Yeah, Good sure, whatever you want. I want to be a priest. Yeah, whatever you want, honey. That's, that's what you want to do. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, okay, that's very nice. So we'll see what you want to be next week, you know. And yeah. uh, that's how it happened. Um so you know, for the for a year or two, I really thought about it, you know. Um, but then, you know, just I, I guess I just, you know, one I realized one thing that my mom really wanted me to become a priest, mm-hmm. you know. And I had some issues with my parents, you know. The, our relationship was not great, you know. My dad was really tough, very strict, you know, and. Um, and I, I couldn't accept my parents. My mom was always expecting a lot from me. You know, you should be like this. You should study more. You should be nicer. You should do this. You know, and uh, and I just I felt like I could not live up to their expectations. You mm-hmm. know, so I kind of just like rejected them. I didn't want anything. I wanted their love, but I couldn't get it. So I was just angry at them. You know, and rebellious uh, teenager Freddie. Ex- exactly, and that's how you know enter rebellious Freddie. Uh, so I realized my mom wanted this. So I was like, okay, my mom wants it. Uh-uh, I'm not going to so give it. So I don't her. want it. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want it. So forget about it. Then high school came around. I realized I really like girls, you know. So I, you know, I was like, oh, man, I really, really like girls, you know. And and I just, you know, I started dating girls, having girlfriends, hanging out with friends. And, you know, this of the priest who just, you know, I put in a box away and I mm-hmm. forgot about it, you know. Um and I just, you know, went through my high school years, and it was a very tough time for me, you know, trying to fit in, trying to have friends, and nothing would really would work, you know. I I just, 
I wanted to be accepted by them, so I would do whatever they wanted me to do, you know. And then uh, I realized that as much as I tried, that people wouldn't love me the way I wanted to be loved, or, or the way that I you felt like you, you yeah needed to be loved. You know, there was a people were great. I mean, I had some good friends, you know, girlfriends, but somehow it was just it was not enough, you know, and. Uh, I always needed more and needed more and needed more. There was like a void inside of me that I was trying to fill up with friends and girlfriends and parties and, you know, and fun and whatever. And uh, and it just let me nowhere, you know. I <laughs> I failed my senior year twice, so I was a double super senior, I guess. And, uh, and then I dropped out, you know. I said, you know what, forget about this, you know, skipping school, you know, just... Uh, I was looking for something that uh, I myself didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so I dropped out of high school, and I just started working in Silver Spring for a dealership. Um, I was delivering parts, like, yeah. you know, uh, auto parts. And um, then, you know, I was with another girl, and I thought, okay, but this this is working okay, you know. But then it didn't it didn't work. It didn't work. It was really, really bad in the end, uh, and really had to end that. And um, so then we had a we had a pilgrimage. You know, the the initiator of the way, the initiators of the way came to to United States, um, and they they hold like meetings for the youth of all the communities mm-hmm. of the country. And then uh, ours was in Illinois that year, so it was 2012. And um, it was funny because I, I, I was not going to go because I didn't have money to pay the bus. You know? Right. Like, and mm. the girl that I was with at the time, she paid for it, you know. Oh, wow. So, you know, I, I got to go. And while I was there, you know, they always said these meetings are vocational meetings. And they, they made a vocational call. And they said, you know, if there are any young men here that feel that God is calling them to become priests, you know, to to leave everything to stop living for themselves and to give their lives completely to Jesus Christ, to the church, to the evangelization, you know, to live for someone else, you know, yeah. to love, you know, you can stand up, come to the stage and you'll receive a blessing. And, uh, and I was like, no, 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 you know, but yes, you know, God, <laughs> he was there. I, I couldn't stop it, you know, so I, I stood up, you know, the girl was there. I kind of just left, you know, and she was looking at me, and it was really weird. And um, and then the journey began there, you know. I realized that there was a possibility that God maybe was calling me, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had a meeting with the people in charge of what we call the vocational center, you know, for those boys that feel the call. And I remember the priest... After the meeting, um, his name is Father Javier Santabaya. He's the he's a priest of this archdiocese. He used to be the vice rector of my seminary. Mm-hmm. Now he's in Philadelphia um, as the rector of the Redemptorist Matter Seminary in Philadelphia. And uh, he came up to me and uh, he kind of like slapped me <laughs> in the face, you know, really softly, you know, with a lot of tenderness. And he said, "You know what? I think you have a vocation." And um, and that night, you know, I, I went back home and I and I was crying. You know, I started crying because for me it was, I mean, is it possible that that God is calling me? You know, yeah, me, Freddie, like with all my sins, 
with you know my spiritual poverty you know with all the things that i don't like about myself with all the things that i've been trying to change all my life is it possible that there is someone who wants this that i almost hate so much which is who i am you know and um and and i and i discovered for the first time you know that that i was loved by god you know that there was someone for whom i didn't have to to um you know i didn't have to work to earn his love i didn't have to please god i didn't have to make him proud i didn't have to earn anything i didn't have to prove anything to him that he loved me as a sinner uh you know he loved me being who i was you know being kind of like loud sometimes or you know not too loud or just like smiling too much or <laughs> you know just all the things that I've, i i you know i didn't accept he loved all of those you know and i could rest for the first time in my life you know how do you mean i could rest in the sense of like i ha- i could stop trying to be loved so you felt at peace i felt at peace you know I, it was like spiritual rest, you know. I was like, "Wow, there's peace." I mean, God, God loves me. I mean, I don't need to do anything to earn His love. He loves me he, truly, and uh, and um, and this really, this was kind of like what changed my life. I said, "You know what? If there is someone who loves me this much, hey, I'm gonna go wherever He wants me to go, you know, and I'll mm-hmm. do whatever He wants me to do, because you know, it was that love that 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 was that, that love was what I had been looking for." all those years the entire time and and i finally found it and it was you know connected to the vocation you know Mm -hmm. he showed his love for me by giving me a vocation by calling me um so yeah you know i began the process it took longer you know because you know i was supposed to enter seminary in september in 2012 but i you know i was kind of like I don't know, thinking about it, yeah, I was still talking to the girl, you know, and then I was like, seminary or girl, you know, and in the end, and you really like girls, and I really (laughs) like girls, you know, and and so, you know, it didn't work, so I had to wait an extra year, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, for me to be able to take things more seriously, at the beginning of 2013, I was sent as a missionary to Phoenix, Arizona, to help out with the evangelization through the way in Arizona, and, um, and that was really a great period of time for me in which I discovered that that I was a mess, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, that I couldn't do anything right, you know, <laughs> singing, serving at mass, nothing. Everything was horrible. But I could be at peace being who I was and knowing that that's who God wanted me to be and that that is, you know, the person that God was calling you know, and I said that was the decisive moment. I said, "Yes, Lord, if you're calling me, I will go." You know, so I entered seminary in September in 2013. You know, I said, "Lord, I'll go everywhere." You know, and um, the vocations from the Redemptors Matter seminaries—that's the seminary that I am a part of. You know, that I study at—all um, come from the um, communities of the New York Catechumenal Way. So all of us, you know. Um, the guys in the way who feel a vocation go to this retreat in Italy mm-hmm. um, where all the boys from all over the world that feel a call go to um, in uh, August and uh, there you know there's a period of discernment you know you speak there are some catechists there that help you to discern you know to see okay does this is this a call from God you know kind of like 
to see if it's real. And then you know, there's time with scriptures, time of prayer. And at the end of the uh, retreat, which we call a convivence, it's a transliteration from Spanish, convivire, convivence, you know, to live together. Um, uh, you put your name into a basket, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, so there are over, I think it's by now, it's like 115 Redemptors Matter seminaries all over the world. And then, uh, so they go, they do a lottery. They go by seminary. They begin with the oldest one, which is uh, the Redemptorist Matter in Rome. So they say, okay, Rome. They bring the basket and they start pulling out names, you know. So, so that's how you get picked for which seminary you're going to go to? That's, oh, that's you, wild. That's how you get picked. So you don't even, you don't even get to pick. You, you, you don't you, choose anything. It's a lottery of yeah. like. You say, Lord, I'll go wherever you send me. So there are seminaries in India. There are seminaries in Asia. There are seminaries in Africa. You know, so you could be like a small town boy from Iowa and and, end up end up in India. Yeah, in India. That is wild. Yeah, that is wild. (laughs) South America, Northern Europe. You know, wherever you know. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, that you know, we say yes. Put your name in there, and they start pulling out names. And uh, my story is funny because. I mean, somehow I was sent back to Washington where I was coming from, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of how it happened. So do they, do they divide it up by like if there's like 150 coming into the seminary and there's like, you know, 20 of these, semin- you know, do they divide it up evenly or how do they? It, it usually depends on, uh, you know, how many guys. Usually there's about... I would say somewhere between 250 and 300 each year mm-hmm. um, from all over the world. And then they divide it. They see, you know, which seminaries need guys, you know. Like, for example, if you think the, you know, larger seminaries like Rome or Madrid or Medellin in Colombia, uh, I don't know, Nicaragua in Central yeah. America, some of these seminaries, you know, they get many seminaries each year and they have many. You know, Medellin, I think, has like 90 seminarians, you know. Oh, wow. So sometimes they say, okay, well, we'll get one so that Washington that has 29 gets three, you know, or yeah. something like that, you know. So they see... So it's all just based off numbers yeah. and... Yeah, yeah. They okay. see the needs of each seminaries and, you know, that's how that's how it works. So you got called right back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when they, they said, okay, Washington, and then they mispronounced my name. They said Frederick. So I was just sitting there, you know, and they said, Frederick, Frederick called it on. And then they were like, Frederick, that's you. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's me? Yeah, go. Where am I going? Washington. Oh, oh, okay, okay. You know, and I just went, you know, and <laughs> it was great. You know, right before um, the lottery, um, I remember I was speaking to another guy and I told him, listen, I mean, it's a lottery. Yeah. I, I, I know the seminary of Washington. It's beautiful. You know, the, the house is beautiful, and, you know, the food is great. You know, we have Italian cooks, you know, s- widowed sisters that come and s- for free to cook for us. And, uh, and you know, it's it's a beautiful seminary. The archdiocese is great. And I was like, I wouldn't mind going to Washington, but it's just not going to happen. It's impossible. I mean, I'm from I'm, Washington, yeah. and there's, like, over 100 seminaries, so it's just not going to happen. It's just, like, mat- mathematically impossible. It's just not going to happen. And, and there's Frederick. And then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> and then it happened. Yeah. 
So if you could have chose, if you could have chosen to swap with somebody, is that possible? No, not at all. Not at all. No. I mean, I I wanted to go to a place like like Vienna, for example. Uh-huh. You know, because you have to learn German because you know you're yeah. in Austria, and you also learn Italian. You know, just because you pick it up. You know, so I wanted to go to a place in which I would have to learn like some crazy language. You know, like so once you're this is kind of getting into your future a little bit. Yeah. Once you finish your your schooling, your seminary, do you stay in that diocese? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we are 100% diocesan seminarians, you oh. know. So I, my bishop is Bishop Gregory. You know, he'll tell me what to do, where to go, when to what, go, you know. Yeah, so, you, yeah. you know, there's no, like, polis order that you can no, now jump on. No, not, nothing. This, no, this we're is, diocesan, you are, yeah. you are straight a diocesan priest yeah. when you are done. Then yeah. The only, the only difference years? is, <laughs> the only difference is that our, our, our formation is a missionary formation. So we are diocesan missionary. Okay. So, you know, since the beginning, we're sent all over the place, you know, like there's the missionary character there, you know, you just go wherever God wants you to go. Mm-hmm. And then once you're in the diocese, you know, now a diocese has like, like two lungs, you know, it has a, a 100% just, you know, only diocesan and a missionary lung, you know, so like yeah. your priest can go anywhere, you know, so, so our formation, you know, is like kind of like aimed at, um, you know being also missionaries if the need arises you know that's why you know we don't have money or credit cards or cell phones or computers or anything you know we don't nothing to tie, tie you no, down no. because you'll have to yeah. you may have to be called to go up and go to you know in South Africa for yeah. whatever reason exactly if the bishop says go you go you know so so how many how many of these seminaries are in the United States um nine Nine. Yeah. So you have one here, one in Philly. So there's, yeah. So there's one here, one in Philadelphia, one in Newark, one in Brooklyn, uh, one in Bridgeport, Connecticut, one in Miami, one in Denver, one in Dallas. And uh, is there one more? I can't remember. Did I, oh, Boston. Did I say Boston? No. Okay. There's there one in there's Boston, nine. too. Yeah. <laughs> nine. Yeah. So what is. What is a day in the life like for a seminarian? All right. A day in the life of a seminarian. It's, it's super fun, I must say that. I mean, you know, in a way. <laughs> okay, <Yes>. so. <laughs> so this is a, it really depends on, uh, you know, the day. But let's say during the week at my seminary, we wake up at um, 6.30 in the morning. So there's a bell. It's pretty late. Well, we go to Catholic (laughs) University, so we're five minutes away from school, you know, so we don't have to wake up that early. (laughs) Uh, All the seminaries, you know, they wake up at 5.30 uh, because they have to go to school and they have to drive, you know, so we're kind of spoiled here in Washington. You know, I love Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love my diocese. And um, so we wake up at 6.30. There's a bell. So one of us. You know, takes a like a, a a week's shift, and you ring the bell. You know, for a week you have to wake up early at six thirty. There's a bell that goes around the halls, and then you wake up with the bell, obviously, because it's really loud. And then, um, so then we have about half an hour to get ready, and then at seven we meet in the chapel um, 
to either pray morning prayer or celebrate the Eucharist each day. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a room. We have roommates, so it, there are rooms, and each room has two guys. And that's also chosen by lottery. You know, at the beginning of the year, just a little lottery to see who's gonna be your roommate and what room you're gonna be in. Have you ever gotten in any fights with your roommate? Oh yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Ah, you need to clean more, <laughs> or you need to clean less. Well, that's usually they say that to me, you know, because I like to clean a lot. <laughs> and uh, or you, you know. I had a roommate that uh, he would sometimes like come back late, and he would just like, you know, switch the light on oh. like at midnight, and I'll wake up and I'll be like, "What are you doing?" Like I have a hard time falling asleep. You know, <laughs> and and then he just wakes you up right yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. Like, ah! And he's like, "Oh, I didn't know you were there. <laughs> Where else am I gonna be? It's midnight, you know." <laughs> um, but, that is CUA having a party. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it's so little things like like those. You know, there's always in our seminar. There's always the opportunity to reconcile with the brothers. You know, because mm-hmm. if you live in common, you know, you have 25 guys living in the same house. There's, there's bound no, to be something. Yeah, something's yeah. gonna happen. There will be tensions. There will be fights. You know you will discover that there are things about the other people that you don't like, you know. Um, but we are always encouraged, and there's always the opportunity to, to reconcile, to speak about it, like face-to-face. Listen, I'm sorry because I was angry at you because of what you did. Forgive me because, you know, I was thinking badly. Yeah, well, uh, I shared okay. a dorm with about 49 other guys. I, I know how that goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that's, uh, that's in the morning. So by 7, you're in the chapel. Uh, or what we call the sanctuary of the word, because mm-hmm. we wouldn't pray when we don't celebrate the Eucharist. We go to the sanctuary of the word, which is a a nice big room with a blessed sacrament, and um, you know we pray there. You know? So do you? Um, is it kind of like an every other day type of thing? Yeah. So, so like for example, Mondays and Thursdays we celebrate the Eucharist in the after in the evening, mm-hmm. and then Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays in the morning. Okay. You know, but it, it all depends on the needs of the seminaries. You know, all the seminaries do it in a different way. Yeah, this is just you know Washington. This is how we do it. Um, and yeah, so you know, seven a.m. Eucharist or morning prayer. Uh, by eight, we're done with you know either one, and then we go down to have breakfast. Um, it's usually breakfast is just you know cereal and milk, some bread and coffee, and then. You go ahead. You, know. you go to school. You go to school at nine. It depends on your on your class schedule, but you know we usually go to school at nine or ten. You know, depends how you, on how your day um, is structured according to your classes. Um, we take turns. We form groups in the seminary. So like, one group takes care of the service in the dining room. So you know we serve the food, we clean up, we wash the dishes, we mop. Mm-hmm. We sweep, you know, and then the other group takes care of the liturgies, you know. So they serve at the mass, yeah. you know. They they also serve at morning prayer, you know. They read, they sing, you know. They do the prayer of the faithful, you know, and stuff like that. And we take turns each week. Uh, so if you're in the kitchen, you know, you can't go. You need to clean up, and then you go. <laughs> um, so then you know, finish breakfast, go to school, or if you don't go to school until eleven or ten, you stay. You go to the library in the seminary you study um then you go to school take your classes if you have time to come back for lunch in the seminary you come back for lunch you eat in the seminary if not we eat at the basilica um then you know you come back 
more studying until six, which is the time that we usually pray evening prayer or celebrate the Eucharist, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have dinner, and then afterwards, if it's a in, in since we walk with a community of the New Catechumenal Way in parishes, you know, either Tuesday or Wednesday. We go to our parishes to celebrate the word, you know, to listen to the word of God, you know, mm-hmm. um, and if not, you stay in the seminary, study, and then you go to bed. Um, usually, a couple times a week, we have night prayer together, you know, if there are main guys in the house, that's at nine thirty, and then you know, by eleven, you should be in bed, sleep, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, out, yeah. So, uh, what happens if you have like a a class schedule that allows for like a day off? So if if you have a class schedule that allows for a day off, which almost never happens, <laughs> but it has happened, like it happened to me one semester, I think, then you just stay in the seminary and you study. I mean... Uh, no going out to parties? No, none oh, of that. So boring. <laughs> Only during the summer and during Christmas, you know, uh, you go out and hang out with friends and stuff, but no parties, no nothing. No COU parties, nothing. So, there, so like, if for some reason you have a friend at CUA who wants to come like on a, a Thursday night and celebrate the Eucharist, is that allowed? No, we usually just, you know, keep to ourselves okay. uh, yeah, in the house. I mean, uh, you know, it's just like the, our rhythm of life is more towards just being once, with yeah, each other. Yeah, once you get yeah. into it, you're kind of, you just get yeah. used to it and you kind of just, you kind of just, you kind of flow. Yeah. So what have, what have you been studying recently, this last semester? So this last semester I took, uh, so I've been studying theology already for about a year and a half, uh, or maybe more. I've only been officially a theologian for a year, but I've been taking theology since before that. This semester was really cool. I had um, a class on spirituality. I had a class on um, Christian social ethics, which was awesome. The professor was great. I don't know if you're listening to this, Dr. Cloutier, but you're the best professor at CUA. <laughs> um, I might have some friends that disagree with you. We'll see. <laughs> He's great. I really like him. Um, then, so ethics, spirituality, um, what else? I took a, so I did a year of what we call basic supervised ministry. So you are, you work as a, you have an internship as a chaplain in a hospital hmm. so I was uh, I was at Children's National since nice. last September so I was an intern chaplain at Children's um, and then I had another class which now, now how does that work because you're not a priest yet so you can't really do any of the sacraments do anything yeah so are you just there kind of more as a as a spiritual director a spiritual guide or yeah so the the class is aimed at at teaching you how to you know deal with people but like mostly how to be a good listener you know to Mm -hmm. be able to listen to people to ask the right questions you know um so because listening is very very important you know (laughs) usually we just like to talk you know we hear about a person's problems and then okay i got an answer for you you know i got a solution and you know many times people just want to talk you know they're Mm -hmm. at the hospital they're struggling with you know a or b and they just want to be listened to you know so the class is more uh, you you visit uh, patients in the hospital once or twice a week, depending on your schedule, and you just go from room to room and say, hey, "I'm from spiritual care, just checking in on you. How is it going?" You know, they start talking, and 
you listen to them if they need any help you know they have any questions you can answer them but it's mostly just you know learning how to you know minister to them like making it all about them and not you okay. um so yeah that's, uh, well, i mean that's that's really good and especially you know you are becoming a priest so it's, yeah. everything is about everybody else isn't that right father scott that is correct as he falls asleep in his chair over there <laughs> he's being lullabied <laughs> um so you took this internship now how did you end up here at st edwards at st edwards how, how did this all come about so um in the diocese there comes a moment you know in life in the life of a young seminarian you know <laughs> there comes a moment when they have to grow up and go to you know out to the real world yes and uh so we usually do maybe one or two parish assignments you know during the summers as a part of our formation you know and uh so it was my time you know usually the formation of all the seminaries to do it a little earlier because they don't take classes during the summer Mm-hmm. At our seminary, we do, when you're a philosopher, you take classes during the summer. So I've been going to school for the past, you know, five summers, uh, which wasn't fun. I bet not. <laughs> it was, but it was like six weeks, you know, but... Uh, Still. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's like three hours a day for like three times a week. And uh, so, I mean, so this year, you know, it was decided that, you know, since I'm done with that, that I would, you know, do a parish assignment. Mm-hmm. So, you know the um, director of formation in the diocese, Monsignor Pankey, you know, he assigns you to a parish, you know, so they usually send you to priests that, you know, will be good mentors, like Father Scott, you know, look for the nice guys. (laughs) As he shakes his head, no. (laughs) You know, and, uh, and yeah, and I was assigned to um, St. Edward's, and, you know, I came, um, yeah. So, what have you... Have you learned anything? Have you grown at all since you've been here? Yeah. I mean, I think I gained a couple pounds. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. And I think I've learned a lot of what not to do. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, I I think it it has been really good. You know, I've been here almost three weeks. and, And it has been really, really awesome, you know, just to... Like, you know, to see how Father Scott deals with some of the problems, you know, here in the parish. Things that come up, you know, a funeral that, you know, obviously you never planned for these things. Right. So just like, you know, different types of people coming to funerals. People who are far away from the church that come for a funeral. You know, people who are in the church, you know, you see the difference of a funeral with people with faith and a funeral with people, you know, that never go to church, you know. Um, you know, also, also other, you know things in the office, you know, with employees and stuff. And it's just really nice to see, like, you know, being a priest is is also involves a lot of these, you know... Project management, yeah. personnel management, yeah, yeah, a exactly. lot of these things that they kind of don't really, from what I can understand, don't teach you at seminary because yeah. you were so focused <laughs> in on the, the divine and the spiritual <laughs> that they almost yeah. forget to do the practical and the daily things yeah. that you need. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And I think that's why they send us to parishes during the summer, you know, to get at least a little bit of uh, experience. So, you know, that that has been really, really good. And, I, I mean, to see St. Edwards, is, is, it's a parish that's very different from my home parish, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, my home parish is huge, 
Hispanic parish, you know, lots of people, you know, and, you know, like two Spanish masses each week, you know, <laughs> and there's nothing like that here, you know, it's very different. But uh, so, so it has been really good, you know, to serve the masses, you know, be with people in the parish here, you know, meet the different people, you know, see more variety, you know. Listen uh, to good lectures, listen to bad lectures, yeah. you know, it all gets around. <laughs> I, I, at, at, at other parishes, not here. here. <laughs> Everything's great here. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't yeah, worry. So. We also have people listen from Canada too. So you know. <laughs> I'm serious. No, we have people who listen from. Canada. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm international now. Yes, you are. Awesome. <laughs> On more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> so is there is there any advice that you would give to young men or even women? discerning to a spiritual life what would that be well i think that that the only thing in life that really is worth you know following the only thing in life that uh, that really will fulfill you is doing god's will whatever that may be you know i think that uh and this is from my experience, you know, I went years and years, you know, doing my will, looking for the things that I thought, you know, would make me happy or, you know, would give me peace or joy, you know, like knowing, thinking that I know what I need, you know. And uh, and I discovered that when I wanted to do my will, when I was searching for the things that I thought that, you know, were good for me, um, I found nothing, you know, and you know, the moment that God gave me the grace to do His will, that life has been completely different. You know, that life has meaning when God is there and, 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 and when when I do His will, you know, because that's what gives meaning to my life, you know, doing the will of God. That's the only thing that has given me peace, has given me joy, you know. Um, so I would say, you know, just don't be afraid to to do the will of God, you know. Because uh, there's nothing like it, you know. My life has been, you know, and I quote from a, another guy who was a seminarian at the time, and now he's a priest, and he told me this, and I will repeat it. You know, my life has been like a pilgrimage ever since I, you know, decided to say yes to the Lord in the sense of, like, it's always moving. It always has a purpose. You're always going towards something, you know, because um, the moment we just become static, <laughs> And stagnant, then you know, life loses meaning, and 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 God gives, you know, the, the meaning to my life. So, you know, that's what I would say. You know, if if today you are sad, if today you're looking for something, what you're looking for is God, and and He will give you what you need. You know, um, and His will is just there's nothing like it. You know, yeah, that's uh, it's powerful. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been in my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very powerful words. Thanks for listening. This episode was recorded on June 7th, 2019. The Millennial Catholic is produced by Jackie Miller. And if you would like to reach the show with questions or topic ideas, you can email us at themillennialcatholicpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us at Twitter at podcast underscore MC. If you would like to support the show, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Also, leave us a rating. It helps us 
get to more people out there and evangelize even more. You can also subscribe to us on Google Podcasts. And also the best way is just to tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.